you got it set to M for mini, when it should be set to W for Wumbo. Patrick, I don't think Wumbo is a real word. Come on, you know. I Wumbo, you Wumbo, he, she, me, Wumbo. Ahoy, mateys, and welcome to another episode of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. My name is Captain Eric, and we are continuing our sail through the third season of SpongeBob SquarePants. Welcome aboard, and today's episode is Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy 4. The first half of the 45th episode of SpongeBob SquarePants first premiered on January 21st, 2002. This episode was written by Jay Lender, Sam Henderson, and Meriwether Williams. Our storyboard artist is Caleb Buner. Our storyboard directors are Jay Lender and Sam Henderson. Our animation director is Sean Dempsey. And our creative director is Derek Dryman. Out of all of the numbered Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy episodes, um, this and three stand out as the two that have uh, the least amount of Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy on screen. They're, they're kind of there to help... Uh, be the vehicle for the entire story you know their world is is more of the vehicle of the entire story letting you know spongebob and his his wackiness come into that world and and what you can do when you're with superpowers and super villains and gadgets and and whatnot and that kind of same energy that they found in three they're continuing here with four and then we'll just completely explode that energy with five uh, mermaid man and barnacle boy five is is probably my favorite out of the uh, the numbered Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy episodes. I'm going to be saying those two names a lot. Um, but yeah, uh, but this one really stands out in terms of comedy. It's it's just it's one of the funnier episodes out there. All of the ones featuring Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy are absolutely hilarious. But th this one for me is is up there as one of the funnier ones. Uh, returning for, for another time as Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy are the late, great Ernest Borgnine and Tim Conway, uh, both legendary actors who have who have done uh, just countless works in Hollywood. But the, the fact that they've spent this much time in the SpongeBob world and, and have such a devotion to it that not only have they appeared on the show multiple times, as as both titular characters uh, but then appeared as the characters in other media which to me is always is, is very special it shows that you actually care for the character now you know we have heard different voices come at a, a mermaid man a few times in a few other video games and who knows what was going on in the life of Ernest Borgnine at the time that he couldn't wasn't able to do those video games. Uh, sometimes when it comes to these uh, these you know voice acting roles, there there could be such a time crunch that you know if you can't make it in a certain amount of time, then they you know will have to pass it on to somebody else. There you know there could have been other issues going on as well, but um, for the most part, they have just been some of the um, best guest stars to continually be on the show. Right up there with, with Mr. Tom F. Wilson uh, as well. But uh, Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy in this episode aren't going on vacation. They're instead taking a lunch break over at the Krusty Krab. Now, we have never really seen this happen. Um, we have certainly, I, I think they've mentioned at least going to the Krusty Krab or getting a Krabby Patty in a previous episode. Um, uh, I think Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy 2, there was at least a mention of like, hey, let's go get some Krabby Patties or something like that. I at least know SpongeBob won the contest using Krabby Patties, but I imagine Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy have, have had their fair share of Krusty Krab before, but it seems that at least since SpongeBob has been at the Krusty Krab, um, the heroes have not shown up for lunch. Uh, that 
or he, SpongeBob acts like this every single time they come in, which to me would would make them not want to go into the Krusty Krab. So maybe this is the first time since SpongeBob has been uh, the fry cook there that they've eaten at this establishment. But uh, when SpongeBob hears about them being at the Krusty Krab, he goes absolutely nuts, which causes them to leave. Before this, we actually find out that Mermaid Man is apparently, um, I don't want to say he's poor, but he certainly doesn't have any cash on him to pay for the $5 meal of, of uh, himself and Barnacle Boy. Barnacle Boy has to foot the bill after getting in a bit of an argument with Squidward. It was nice to get these two characters together, obviously, with their uh, uh, big noses. They, they tend to stand out amongst the crowd, and they certainly look alike in that regard, so... Getting a bit of a nose-to-nose -nose here with uh, Squidward and Barnacle Boy is is certainly uh, one of the funniest visuals I can think of I, just for this show because it's when you see Barnacle Boy, you, the first thing you notice is the the big nose he has and that it's, it's that kind of looks like Squidward's. Uh, now, the one thing that's a little disturbing about this, and I, and I don't know if it's ever been discussed maybe in a future episode that I just haven't watched, but... Um, the, the Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy franchise is is ongoing. Now, they had retired and then came back out of retirement, but um, even during their retirement, their show was still airing on television. There's no indication that SpongeBob and Patrick are just watching this show through physical media. It seems to be airing on some sort of television network. There's got to be some sort of money coming into this thing. Well, why doesn't you know, Mermaid Man have $5 on him to pay for a meal at the Krusty Krab? Now, the disturbing part is the fact that he lives in a retirement home, and um, depending on some retirement homes, some nursing homes, I know that when you uh, essentially sign over your life to live there, you, you sign over your life. Um, maybe some can be a bit more lenient with the money you can make outside of living there, but I can't imagine there's many of those places that exist. I think once you live in a retirement home, you're you're kind of there, and I'm sure you can be taken out, no problem, but um, it, it just kind of comes to question is, is this franchise is still going? They're, they're making new episodes. Is this guy not getting adequately paid for the work he's putting in? Um, how much more merchandise is being made of Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy, and this guy doesn't even have a, a dollar to his name? He has a single lug nut inside of his coin purse. Um it's just a it, it's it's a bit disturbing when you think about it. If you know anything about like nursing homes, retirement homes, I um, not that they're bad, not, not that they're bad. They're there to take care of you at the, at the end of your life. I understand that. But uh, but yeah, it's just it's weird that he doesn't even have the money to go and get a burger. But it's a good thing that Barnacle Boy has the five dollars to spot him. So they're able to enjoy their meal. Now, once SpongeBob hears that his favorite duo is in the Krusty Krab, he immediately you know runs after him. I love the ongoing joke where Barnacle Boy, um, even though he has met SpongeBob multiple times, he has entrusted SpongeBob with watching the Mermalair. They entrust this guy so much that to, to watch their 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 secret hideout where all their gadgets and supervillains are, or at least Mer Man Ray. But the, the fact that he continually still calls SpongeBob that Sponge Kid. Like that ongoing joke is is hilarious to me. I I love that. I don't know if it's written in or if it's just something that Tim just uh, kept going with and they just kept writing in for that. But uh, yeah, that 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 joke still pops up. They immediately see SpongeBob running after him and and run out of the Krusty Krab. They are they're out of here. Finding the invisible boatmobile in a in a packed parking lot. Therein lies a challenge. Luckily for, for them, Mermaid Man has the invisible uh, boatmobile like beeper, and it's also invisible, 
which it's it's silly, you know. I, I guess if you don't want people to find your invisible boatmobile, you got to keep the the clicker visible as well. Invisible. If I said visible there, I was wrong. Um, it, we do get a bit of a flash though when it when the car beeps, the invisibility of the car goes away for a split second, quickly as it beeps, and we get to see that the invisible boatmobile of Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy is actually a uh, a nice souped up pink Cadillac, which I mean, that is just absolutely perfect. I, I, I love that. I love that. It's just a, a very retro looking pink Cadillac. I said, now the, the stock image was, that was used in this, uh, in this bit here was, um, was not souped up in general, but we know some of the, the gadgets of the invisible boat mobile. So we have to assume that that you know those gadgets pop out of the uh, the hood and the trunk and under underneath and whatnot. But uh, I I love that out of just all cars in the world, a pink Cadillac would be the invisible boatmobile. They drive off, but during this during this moment, Mermaid Man had lost his utility belt, which SpongeBob then finds and then is trying to return to them before deciding to have a little bit of fun himself. This is a a bit of SpongeBob we don't get to see a lot of but it leads to a lot of fun stories and i and i think it's a a not a trope at this point but there's a lot of classic cartoon characters out there that are certainly family friendly but all of these characters uh at some points in their history had a you know can have a bit of an edge to them mickey mouse you know when he would get into little mischievous um, moments in his cartoons where he would do something that would maybe be against the Mickey Mouse you know of today. Of course, Bugs Bunny, super mischievous. Uh, we don't get to see SpongeBob break the rules very often or do something uh, against his, his better judgment, but here he finds himself with the utility belt of his favorite superhero and now in his hands. And he decides to have a little bit of fun with it. Now, it's completely adorable and innocent fun, but what SpongeBob decides to do with the utility belt, he finds that one button on the belt is a shrink ray and decides to shrink every bit of the Krusty Krab kitchen so that he can start serving tiny Krabby Patties to the various cockroaches that are on the floor. Uh, it, we get to see this one cockroach eating a Krabby Patty at a tiny table. It's an iconic moment. Um, there was, you know, I think a video somebody made on TikTok or Instagram of, um, you know, people who have painted that little cockroach on their on their walls and on their paneling and whatnot. I even some that have made them in clay. Um, I, just absolutely one one of those iconic SpongeBob moments. It's just a little a little bit that's there for like a second or two, but just instantly instantly iconic everybody knows that little cockroach eating the tiny Krabby Patty Squidward catches Spongebob with all this tiny stuff in the kitchen and then also notices that Spongebob is it has Mermaid Man's belt and immediately deduces that this isn't a belt that was given to Spongebob he he definitely has it without Mermaid Man knowing about it and Squidward being just that you know he he got punched in this episode and um and Squidward is that guy that he, he just wants, you know, he's a guy who he gets punched and then wants to punch others. Maybe not physically. He's not a, a, a person who is, you know, doles out physical harm, but certainly emotionally, this is where the bullying aspect of Squidward comes into play. Um, he, he is teasing SpongeBob. I'm going, you know, I'm going to call Mermaid Man and, and to tell him that SpongeBob has the belt and, 
Um, and he's he's just constantly teasing SpongeBob, you know, over going to the phone, picking it up, calling Mermaid Man to the point that SpongeBob then shrinks Squidward down to, you know, enough to hold him up like he's a little action figure. Uh, now, now that Squidward's shrunken, he, of course, is is really angry at this point and, and tries to yell at SpongeBob to find the unshrink ray. Now, Mermaid Man's utility belt is a lot more advanced than I think we ever could have imagined with this show. The, I mean, the, sh the Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy show, as we have seen thus far, has been kind of a bit of a, a parody of the 1966 Batman TV show. And then, you know, of course, with the fact when they become old men, it's a different parody of itself. But like the original show is is kind of shown to be a, a parody of that. Um, but the fact that this utility belt is so equipped with so many rays and gadgets, but let me go through the list of them. We know that there's a shrink ray. I, I'm going to assume there's an unshrink ray because Mermaid Man even confirms it later in the episode, so I don't even have to assume. Um, now, there's also a ray that I'm going to call the mutant ray. It's the first thing that shot at Squidward and adds, a like, you know, nine or ten eyes onto his face and a bunch of extra tentacles and snakes. And now he's able to pull it off of his head, so it definitely didn't change his physical being. But a mutant ray, there's a fire ray. There's a uh, bulbous nose ray, which is what I called it, uh, make, makes your nose even bigger than what it already is. There's a skinless ray, which removes your skin. Gross. Uh, there's a giant scissors ray, which causes giant scissors to, I guess, cut you in half. Uh, off screen, we, we get seven other rays that we just don't get to hear from, but that do various things to Squidward, either morphing him or, or hurting him because it's just constant yelling or gurgling of different sounds. We eventually get to this last ray that it, it seems to be another like burning type ray, but I'm just going to call it the crispy ray because it just leaves Squidward to a nice burnt crisp. Uh, but but Squidward, you know, screams for all of this chaos to, to be done. He knows that it's just time to go to Mermaid Man. And, like, now he's serious about just going to see Mermaid Man uh, over this issue. It's not about tattling SpongeBob. It's about, obviously, dealing with this situation that they find themselves in. But SpongeBob does not want to go to Mermaid Man because, of course, with him knowing about this... He may get mad, although still at this point, I mean, I don't know how long it's been since Mermaid Man has left the Krusty Krab, but you can simply just call the guy and say, hey, you left your belt here. You know, hey, we found your belt in the dining room. Just come and get it. It's at the Krusty Krab. Um, but uh, even at this point, you know, SpongeBob could just be like, hey, I found your belt. I accidentally pressed one of the thousands of buttons on it and it shrunk my coworker. Now Squidward could throw him under the bus, I guess, if he wants, but I don't think that would be very fun. Um, now, of course, SpongeBob goes against his the Squidward's judgment at this point of going to Mermaid Man and decides to go to the smartest creature he can think of. Well, that's, of course, Patrick Starr, who is, of course, sleeping up against his rock, but like, you know, face up against it. He's like standing up and he's got his face buried up against his rock. He is immediately once he sees this tiny Squidward thinks it's an action figure and wants to play with it and dive bombs with it and then wants to punch it in the face with it like his Patrick's idea of playing with an action figure is that eventually he's they got to come into play with the giant fist the giant fist is the ultimate villain of of the action figure he, of course he doesn't get to punch tiny squidward before spongebob reveals the the situation that it isn't a action figure of squidward it's the real squidward and he goes over the the pickle he finds himself in imagination 
Patrick's big advice during this entire time is that the utility belt, which is uh, also a different color in this episode. We Previously, we've seen Mermaid Man with more of a yellowish utility belt, but now it's been changed to purple. I actually prefer the purple on Mermaid Man than the original color. But um, Patrick's big advice is that the giant M must stand for Minnie. And that, therefore, if you turn the M upside down to a W, you will get Wumbo. Which, if you are prevalent in Wombology at all, you will understand that that is the opposite of Minnie. This is first grade, everyone. You should know about this. Uh, once again, just one of the funniest jokes to come out of this. I mean, everybody... I, like, you could walk up to so many people at the age of, like, 30 years old and say Wumbo. And they'll know exactly what you're talking about. And we'll probably quote this episode. Like, I, I'm willing to bet a ton of money that a, a good hefty majority of people around uh, like 20, 25, 30, even 35 know of just the word wumbo. Like there's an entire section of our culture that knows this word because of this episode. And it's just it's it, that's hilarious to me. And it, that word. No one knows what it means, but it's just, hey, W is for Wumbo. And, you know, hey, it's that it's a first grade taught uh, thing that, you know, Wombology, the study of Wumbo. It's Patrick being silly for the sake of being silly, but it, it his silliness always leads to some of the best comedy. And, and from that, I can understand why they would want to spin off with that character and just see how wacky they can get. But, you know, in, in these little bits, when you just get your one Patrick moment per episode that you that sometimes it's absolute gold. And this is one of them, but of course, Wumbo doesn't work and shrinks Patrick as well to the side of Squidward. I love the visual gag at first where you, they think that uh, because he's now the size of Squidward, that it must've worked, but then sees the SpongeBob and then imagines that, uh, that he was giant. Uh, the fact that we, we just get a split second look at, at Patrick and Squidward. And now we all know that Patrick's going to shrink as well, but the fact that we were able to quickly get that before the reveal is, is, was hilarious. Uh, now, now that he has both Squidward and Patrick, he puts him in a jar, which now we brought up the pickle earlier. Patrick makes a, a or his attempt at a pun or some visual comedy on the fact that, um, he had a pickle in his pocket when he had Squidward, the action figure, but now that he has shrunk and is inside of a jar, he's able to pull the pickle out again, uh, which is, you know, proportional to the way he, he had it earlier. But now it's a smaller pickle inside a jar. And he, he makes a, a bit of visual humor that um, I, I'm, I'm not sure would get many laughs from the school of Jerry Seinfeld. But th there's a joke to be made there. there. There's something. There's something to be found where the pickle is now back in the jar in a certain way. I, Patrick's not going to be the one to find it. Um, but but. There's something there. Uh, now, we get a sequence which finds SpongeBob running into pretty much every single citizen of Bikini Bottom and is just frightened by every hello he finds because he's worried about getting caught by Mermaid Man. Um, and while he's getting caught by each and every citizen by saying hello, he is shrinking each and every citizen and adding them to this jar to the point that Every single citizen of Bikini Bottom is shoved 
inside of this one jar for safekeeping until SpongeBob can figure out what to do. From inside of the jar, SpongeBob's friends are all trying to voice their concerns over the situation and that the right thing to do would be to go to Mermaid Man. We get to see Squidward in a very uncompromising position where uh, three other uh, gentlemen have their buttocks pressed up against Squidward's head inside of this jar while everybody talking is like up against the glass and visually I think it's a, a cool way to do this scene, and I, I really love how the characters pop on top of the backgrounds of the incidentals. I love the, the glass overlay on top of them. Uh, it's a just a wonderful idea with everybody just being squished in with one another. We get to hear Sandy, which I got to imagine with her glass dome head not being too comfortable in that jar, but uh, Sandy voices her concerns over the situation, and even SpongeBob's own mother is inside of this jar shrunken and and being nice as can be is trying to give SpongeBob the the best advice possible is that a mom can do you know which is you know do the right thing you should probably go talk to Mermaid Man and if you if you talk to him and you're honest he probably won't get mad uh, now Mermaid Man pipes up and and tells SpongeBob that he should probably listen to his mother completely oblivious to the fact that he is Mermaid Man and Lo and behold, both Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy were shrunken themselves and added to the jar. One of the funniest jokes of this entire episode, the fact that they they were also shrunken down too and during this situation and their whole reveal. I mean, this entire situation, even when SpongeBob's mom is shown on screen, it's hilarious that SpongeBob would, would shrink his own mother down, like would be that spooked about a hello from his mom that uh, she, she found herself in this situation. I don't know what happened to his dad. I don't know if he just wasn't around that day or is just maybe working and, and, you know, not even in Bikini Bottom at this moment. But um, what is the breaking point for the citizens at this point? Everybody is, they're just trying to convince SpongeBob to do the right thing. But once Mermaid Man, you know, he, he immediately can't think of where the unshrink ray is. But his first idea is asking SpongeBob if he has set the uh, utility belt to Wumbo, which... I, right there, it just solidifies Wumbo as being an important uh, piece to this entire uh, part, which kind of makes Patrick seem really smart in this situation. And I really like to to pick his brain at what he has to say about Wumbo. But um, all of the citizens break out of the jar and decide to attack SpongeBob for some reason at this moment. Now they have every right to be angry, but um, the at the choice of the Wumbo thing with Mermaid Man is really confusing because they have no idea of the prior uh, conversation with Patrick, and this is the first time they would be hearing this, and so their kind of, their anger is, like, we know as the audience it, it, it being just because we think Wumbo is silly, but in their world, like, they have no idea about this utility belt, and I'm sure that Wumbo could just be a word that is just over their heads within the scientific, you know, part of this. But uh, they all pretty much enter SpongeBob. We get a lot of these up-close matte paintings of uh, SpongeBob's body and the different citizens going into the holes and climbing up his legs. It's a very uh, Gulliver's Travels type feeling, except for uh, a bit more, bit more graphic than Gulliver's Travels because uh, the citizens inside of SpongeBob uh, are. All, you know, they all get their all time to shine. They're one-liners of, of how angry they are. But Squidward is kicking his stomach and Sandy is, is punching his brain and Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy are kicking out his eyes. And everybody is really just beating up SpongeBob. And I remember that they used this sequence a lot in a very, you know, various commercials of showing SpongeBob, you know, 
how much he can kind of like move and contort as a sponge his body. Uh, eventually, SpongeBob comes up with this wonderful idea that uh, if if everybody can't be big, well, then why can't he just be small and decides to not only shrink himself, but the entire town of Bikini Bottom, like the town, the physical town itself, all the buildings, everything down to the size of everybody else. So that at the end of the day, everybody is kind of back to normal and everybody accepts this new reality. Everyone seems happy with it, like enough so that they actually start cheering, even though this really isn't a, a good fix to their situation and is actually kind of scary given the fact that they're still living in the ocean and now all pretty much plankton size. Speaking of which, Plankton, who I guess was on a bit of a vacation, uh, a bus pulls up right next to the tiny town of Bikini Bottom, outsteps Plankton with two suitcases, you know, arriving back to town, seeing himself now a giant compared to the uh, town of Bikini Bottom, which is really hilarious because in intentional or not, it is a nice callback to um, uh, Plankton's dream in Sleepy Time. Plankton's dream was, of course, being a, a giant, being able to topple the buildings of Bikini Bottom and cause as much mayhem as possible. And, and now Plankton finds himself in his in his like living his dream. I don't know if he takes advantage of that, but uh, maybe he immediately before he gets a chance to gets shrunken by uh, by everybody. But that is Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy four. And like I said, it is it is not one if you were looking for an episode that included more of the core characters of Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy, I would turn you to other episodes. But if you don't mind any of that and you're just looking for a funny episode that includes Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy, you don't need to look further than this episode. It's it's one of those ones that really stand out. It has moments in it that people still remember all of these years later and they're still fun to go back and watch. And it's just one of those classic season three knocks out of the park that that we've just come to expect and still has stood the test of time so uh as always my name is captain eric that is that is this week of the Squarecast. thank you for joining me i really appreciate your time and appreciate you making me a part of your week as you are a part of mine so thank you for listening if you like any of the content i put out youtube or audio otherwise and you find a way that you can support that by liking or sharing subscribing all of that is much appreciated by the captain so thank you and if you consider yourself a part of the ready crew welcome aboard i just want all of you to know that consider yourself a part of that crew that you will never be alone with the captain at the helm uh, so thank you for listening. We'll see you here next week. Stay safe, everybody. Good thing I still got this pickle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.